And now we're recording. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the opening titles. That's the cold open. Yes. Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I'm Ben. And you're Molly. Yes. <laughs> what was the... What? I just had a stroke, sorry. <laughs> now, what are the usual things we have to check for? Like, the smell of burnt toast. I need to lift my arms. You have to lift your arms. Yeah. You've, you're not doing any of these things. You're not oh. lifting... Okay, all right. I want let the record show that Molly lifted her arms at battery low. I was about to say, your watch is analog, so I couldn't tell you what time it is it's now. It's 10 to 6, according to my digital screen. We are recording a podcast yes. of our own free will. We've been told to hold up a newspaper with today's date on it, but we... Uh, I'm holding it up right now. Yeah, it's not super effective uh, for audio, but it does serve as a good uh, indicator of when the date and time was, if you were looking at it, which you're not. And then also I think it serves to show that we're doing this of our own free will and are not being held hostage in any way, shape, or form. Yes, definitely not in a flank two position right now. Yeah, it's fine. Like No one's arms or legs are being restrained. Uh, There are no weird people in ski masks. (laughs) They took the masks off. I mean, they, hypothetically, if there were, they would have taken the masks off by now because they're waiting. I think that Stockholm syndrome probably would have kicked in by now. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about our? We don't have any kid. A, a if we were to have captors, I think I would feel very warmly towards them. Yeah, I mean, I think I would sympathize with their plight. Yeah, I mean, they've been very hypothetically very chatty and, and friendly, and uh, we got to. We, I, I got to play Tetris with Greg. Who? Uh, yeah. Did you know he was a former like national Tetris champion? I didn't. He's really That's good. That's really cool. Yeah, I was really really pleasantly surprised because I used to. I don't know. If I, I've probably told you this, but I used to be ranked like top world hundred worldwide. You tell me that frequently. On, it's like the one cool thing about me. <laughs> That's one of two cool things about me. I'm saving the other one for a future episode. Now you have to listen to future episodes because you don't know when I'm going to drop the Doug Jones haircut story. Shit. That was it. Mm. That's the whole story. You showed your hand. I did show my hand. Mostly because it has lashings on it from our captors (laughs) and I've got rope burns. Our our hypothetical. Hypothetical, I do think it's very thoughtful that hypothetically they've provided me with gluten-free gruel. That, yeah, that was it's that was that nice. They didn't, they didn't want me to have digestive upsets. Yeah. Also, I mean, I I'm getting I think the regular stuff. Your stuff has more color in it than mine because mine definitely has that kind of gray consistency. It's lumpy, but yours kind of looks a little more. It's got it's got. I don't want to say flesh tones because obviously it's not got any. At least I hope it doesn't have any like flesh in it. But it's got <laughs> it's got like a little bit of pep in its step. Yeah. They they took a box of Special K and picked all the freeze-dried berries out and then mixed it in there for me because I was oh, like, this is a little bland. That's nice. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. We're saying that word a lot today. <laughs> One of the things that the these very imaginary captors would be asking us to do if they were real, which they're not, is a podcast where we look at movies with toyetic qualities and we watch them. Toyetic? What does that word mean? Why, I'm glad you asked. Because I don't know, and I have to Google it. <laughs> toyetic are based any like toyetic TV shows and movies are TV shows and movies that exist to promote a toy or to product. Sell, to sell toys. Yeah, like My Little Pony and Transformers in the eighties existed solely to get kids to want the toys mm-hmm. so that the parents would go and buy the toys. And those movies still exist. We we last week we watched Trolls. Well, last episode we watched Trolls. That feels like a thousand years ago now. And God knows when that episode will have dropped by the time this one. I don't know what we're doing. 
I haven't scheduled anything. But the point is, we're watching movies. And you know, as good as the efficiency in what I'm saying as well, like, this is good, clean audio that mm-hmm. we can very easily edit. And I say we, I mean I. You. Yeah, purely me. So which film, which, which film, what, let me try again with words. <laughs> so you need to lift your arms for me. I can smell burnt toast. We're watching Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Starring Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Which does not that sound like a That sounds like name. a made-up name it, for a made-up person. It sounds like he was trying to think of a stage name and then tripped and fell whilst carrying a bag of Scrabble tiles. It sounds like he he was playing a Nazi, but he was like a background Nazi, but for himself he invented this character. Yes. And he was like, what's the most stereotypically German name I can come up with for myself? And then when they were typing out the credits, they accidentally credited the character with his real name, mm-hmm. which as we all know is John Smith, and then he was credited as the actor... Dolph Lundgren. He was like, well, I guess that's my yeah, name Yeah, he's now. stuck with it. Yeah, so, which, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a hell of a commitment. Um, but this film came out in 1987. Uh, stars a couple of other small names. I don't know if you are going to recognize these. Courtney Cox is in this movie. Oh, dear. Yes. I, I should prep. I picked this movie out. Yeah, I picked um, Trolls last week. I, yeah, this was, this is my fault this that is, this is happening. Have you seen this movie um, before? I have never seen a single solitary episode of He-Man. I... I'm not at all familiar with the Masters of the Universe family of products. <laughs> I think more than anything, I have seen enough screenshots on Tumblr and such that I just, out of morbid curiosity, I felt compelled. I had to know what was happening. Yes. My most recent exposure to anything Masters of the Universe shaped was that cover of What's Going On, or whatever the name of that song is, that they they did with, uh, that animator did where he took bits of the old He-Man cartoon and synced it up to this high-speed techno cover. That sounds familiar. It's it's amazing, and we may watch it after we see the movie. Oh, we forgot to mention, we record this bit, the intro, before we've watched the movie. Oh yeah, I haven't seen, I, yeah, yeah. uninitiated right now. I will be thoroughly deflowered when we come back. Yes, but by the movie. Yes. Not by anyone in this room. And I've, I've seen... <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my wife is in the room and she just gave me eyes. Do I need to step out of the room after the movie? Do no, I need to go we'll, away we'll... for 30 minutes? 30 minutes? I'm not going to go away for a long time. Okay. Unless that's not a long time. I don't know. How does sex work? Beats me. Is that what you yeah. do? Okay, yeah. cool. I watched this movie on a daily basis when I was a teeny tiny... Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. This was one of my watch it so much you wear the VHS tape out movies when I was a kid. It was like this, Flight of the Navigator, the first Back to the Future movie, one individual episode of Thomas the Tank Engine that my mother had taped off the, ta- the TV, and I can't remember if there are any others, but I'm sure that they'll come back to me. It's like Ghostbusters. Um, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You're, I think you're the first person I've met who's seen Flight of the Navigator. I loved that film as a kid. Everything, here's everything I remember about Flight of the Navigators. Um, dogs playing frisbee for yes. eight hours. Mm-hmm. A structure that looked very much like a cake tray that my mother had that was all those um, kind of pillars and then a flat top. But, but okay, shot from a low angle. Okay, this being relatable. Um, go on. And then the kid wakes up in hospital, and everyone's older, and I never understood why as a kid. And then he's on oh, a spaceship. That's, that was really scary to me as a child. The, the idea of everyone in my life getting older. Yes. And me being stuck. The uh-huh. thing I remember from Flight of the Navigator was <clears throat> compliant. That, that what? doesn't resonate with oh, me. I, 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 I say that to people, and they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you know, Flight of the Navigator. 
I haven't seen... I've probably seen Masters of the Universe more recently than Flight of the Navigator. Okay, that's right. We shouldn't be talking about Flight of the Navigator. No, we should be talking about Masters of the Universe, the live-action cinematic opus starring Dolph Lundgren and uh, Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil from Star Trek Voyager. Oh, dear. Yeah, this is... Okay. This is... uh, If you look up Mixed Bag in the dictionary, (laughs) there is a a copy of this movie poster. So we're going to go and watch this movie. Uh, We're going to have an experience. We're going to watch it, and then we're going to come back and tell you what we thought, why we thought it, and then we're going to... Did we ever come up with a scale? Like a rating scale? Yeah. We'll issue any warnings that are necessary or maybe yes. we'll give it a hearty endorsement i don't know i do not know what to expect who knows and furthermore who cares we're gonna go away and watch masters of the universe we will be right back from your perspective in just a few short nanoseconds who's the big guy with the muscles you're he-man the most powerful man in the Skeletor is his enemy. He-Man, He-Man. If He-Man, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He-Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. He-Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. Just before we get back into the episode proper, uh, Molly's neighbors decided to start playing the piano at this point. Uh, and I lack the technical skill to filter that out. So there's a little bit of, uh, sounds like Minecraft music in the background. Uh, hope you enjoy. Well, we're back. <sighs> I watched that movie a lot as a kid. I think I mentioned it was one of those movies that I think I watched every day for yeah. a long period of time. I'd like to take this opportunity to offer a formal apology to any adult who was at our house who also had to endure... The 1987 cinematic opus, Masters of the Universe, because I was watching it. It's not a good movie. This is tough. We've committed to recording a podcast in which we talk about how we felt, but I am having trouble extrapolating any, any more words other than, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Is it too late for us not to do the podcast? <laughs> this is hard because there was so much and yet so little. very little in the in the way of discernible plot, really of any kind. It just a lot of events happened. Yeah, in was... sequence, but I wouldn't say that any of them really led to any others. Certainly, stuff was committed to film, and yes. actors were paid. They um... said words and did did things. They moved their bodies in certain ways. To perform tasks. Where do we want to start? This is difficult. It's hard. This movie doesn't know what it wants to be, or didn't know what it wanted to be, beyond a toy cash grab. It was very obvious where the grabbing was happening. It's it's just a string of sequences. There was something that you said while we were watching it, is that the, there's no lull? Like, it's just things... That's, yeah. yeah. You put it better than I did. Oh, I don't... Let's Okay, let's try to say this again. There's... There's not really a narrative ebb and flow. It's just, it's constant, sustained anxiety. <laughs> this is true. You were very anxious during the watching of yes, this movie. Yes, I did a lot of squirming. A lot of burying my face in things. Just trying to escape the experience I was having. Was um, any of that successful? <laughs> well, I think I, it clearly helped me block out a lot of what I was witnessing. Because now I'm ha- I'm having a hard time recalling what just happened. I, I remember, I, I definitely have come away with the impression that 
it's not so much a story as it it seems like you know Andy playing with his toys. Yeah, you you describe this as very much an Andy's room yes. situation. This is this is the kind of movie where we don't know who characters are right up until another character who had also just met them and hadn't been told their name is suddenly saying their name. There are characters who bear little resemblance to the toys that I remember as a kid who are suddenly being called things like Man at War. Man at Arms. Man at Arms, sorry. Man at Arms and uh, other people. Gwil- Gwildor. Gwildor. Uh, Beast was- Boy. Beast, ma- Beast Man. Man. He, he's he's had his he's had his beast bum. It's beast boy. He's a beast man. Lizard face. I don't. Here's the thing. Uh, what was his name? There was Blade, not the, the vampire hunter. No, no, he wasn't available. There's so little movie here. There's so the only other movie I can think of where I've had this experience, where I've literally just finished watching the movie, and there's so little for me to latch onto that the entire movie is slipped through my fingers like sand is uh, actually the latest Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Because mm. I got to the end credits and I was looking at the screen and I turned to the person I'd gone to see it with and said, I don't remember anything that I just saw happen on the screen. I just today remembered that Paul McCartney was in Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Today. And I saw that thing months ago. I didn't remember it the day I saw it. It's kind of like the difference between remembering a sentence someone has said and remembering a string of nonsense yeah. words. Yeah, it's knowing that a person said something but not being able to put together the original sentence that they said. It's exhausting. I feel um, <laughs> physically and mentally drained by this movie. We were talking before we watched the movie, I think before we even started recording the episode, about the other movies that I watched as a kid, including Flight of the Navigator. We were, I think we were recording. We were recording for that? I half remember more about the last time I saw Flight of the Navigator probably 25 years ago than I actually remember right now about the movie we just... I spent $2 to rent this movie <laughs> from Google Play and the only memory I have is that I'm $2 short now. That's a bag of Skittles that you're never going to be able to eat. That's two bags of Skittles. Oh. The gas station near me doesn't fly 89 cents so with tax it's like 2 bucks if I get 2 That's two bags of Skittles. Yeah. That are gone forever. They're just It's gone. Like, I'm never going to get that... that that two dollars or one dollar and ninety nine cents back. I'm really sorry. I, this is entirely my this is, fault. No, but here's the thing: you wanted to sate your curiosity, and your curiosity is sated because now you know that it's kind of like I've never had Marmite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I would, I would like to try it. But I want to try a little. I don't want someone to make me eat an entire jar of Marmite. And I feel like someone just made me eat an entire jar of Marmite. I feel like that's the experience I had, where I just wanted a taste to see if I liked it. And even if I had liked it, I definitely never want to experience this again. Yeah. What we would typically be doing is recounting the narrative that we just witnessed. I can't do that without bringing up the movie's Wikipedia page. And to be honest, I'm not sure that the Wikipedia entry has a comprehensive breakdown. I don't want to do that. There wasn't much in the way of a narrative. Yeah, it was just things happening. It was characters saying and doing whatever they needed to say and do to make the next bit of non-plot happen. Visually... There's actually some really cool stuff. I like some of the map paintings. That the, they spent all of their money in the first 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes of this movie. Because there are some gorgeous map paintings. There's some quite nice costume design stuff happening. Not a lot of nice costume design. A lot of it, I was saying it looks like the bastard son of Star Wars and Hercules the Legendary Journeys. But there's, you know, they've spent some money in places. Like Skeletor's makeup looked good 
most of the time. Is how yeah, I feel. Yeah, that's Michael Westmore. Yeah, that's his. We watched all the way through to the credits. We did because we were like, "Please, dear Lord, redeem this." There's still hope. There's got to be, and there was a post-credit sequence, um, and it was just Skeletor sticking his head up out of a pond, I guess, saying, "I'll be back." Uh, Freeze a, frame. Yeah, and then an obvious that was an obvious setup for the the, the spectacular sequel, Masters of the Universe Two. Colon still master him, which came out in 1989. It's in which He Man and Skeletor enter a a rap contest. That was a very funny joke. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're smiling a lot, which is, <laughs> I take as a positive. I'm trying to think of what I could say about this movie that would be worth listening to. Um, I feel like we would just end up doing what we did last time, which is listing all the kinks. It's all... oh, there's so much sex in this movie. It's oh my a very god, sexy movie. We are we are. This is very this very is gonna rapidly. This is going to turn into kink cast. It's just kinks. Just, it's all kink all the time. Um, firstly, towards the end, this is the most. I mention this because it's the one visual that sticks out of my head even now, even from my childhood, is He-Man in chains being whipped while Skeletor watches. And there was even a point when Skeletor was like, this is a bit much. Like, he's, like, Skeletor's like holding his staff closely and kind of almost half hiding behind it going, I think we can probably stop lashing my arch nemesis. Yeah, I don't know if that was because he, he was too intense or he was too aroused. Yeah. Why he was just overwhelmed it, by that experience when he was the one who ordered it. I think that any true villain, any true villain, you don't want to defeat your nemesis. And I think that there, I think he was watching He Man getting lashed to within an inch of his life and thinking, let's not take that last inch because I don't want to live in a world without He Man. Oh, that's so sweet. It's very, it's very nurturing and love. I mean, it's not nurturing because obviously he's being lashed with a laser whip. But that's that's the most evocative visual sex message. Did, that... it, did, it, did it make you feel things you didn't understand when as I, a small child? As a small child? I, I Honestly, I remember watching it as a kid and just thinking, wow, they're really giving it to him. <laughs> and now as an adult, I, st- I thought those exact words, but obviously there's now different, different context. Yeah. What else? Because we, we this is another one of those movies like Trolls where we were watching it through thinking there's a lot of nasty, nasty stuff. There is a collaring ceremony. There's a collaring... There's two collaring ceremonies which one is the second wait one? no there wasn't a second one there was that was them putting he-man in chains yeah which they there's a lot of bondage lot. they stripped the, he-man down to just his they, underwear at yeah, one point there's the clothing is removed i mean in fairness he wasn't wearing a lot they took away half of what he was wearing they literally made tom paris from star trek voyager <laughs> a collared slave yes they literally did that beautiful <laughs> there's there's uh there was what uh Tila, what was her yeah, name? Yeah, Tila. Tila. She, she has her her leather harness. Yeah, but very just suddenly, like middle of the movie, start, just for no reason, starts referring to Man at Arms as father. father. Wait, I didn't know that he was her father. I had no idea. Like, this is the thing: is like information about the characters is not delivered in a logical, like, sort of sense of like narrative progression. Like, we don't learn the things we need to learn about characters the first time we meet them. It is assumed by the producers, directors, and writers that. Oh, we know who these characters are. We know what their dynamic is. It, I feel like we tuned into like episode four of a live action Masters of the Universe TV series. There's, That's what it felt like. I mean, clumsy exposition would have been something, but there's yeah. no exposition. Clum- at all. Clumsy, fumbling exposition, groping at narrative in the dark with an eager, reckless abandon would have been nice. We didn't because this even was get just that. rolling over and ignoring, yeah, and going to sleep. 
exposition yeah this was this was i got mine exposition this was <laughs> oh yeah baby i could go all night oh wait no hold on oh, oh i'm done exposition that's what this was this was just we've just started now we have to change the sheets exposition i really don't want this podcast to just it's become very sexy very fast i don't want us to have like every episode is let's list off the kinks that occur in this children's movie for kids but I do feel that that is rapidly. It was this. It, we just. I think we just got two kinky ones in a row. Yeah. Just incidentally. Yeah. What is the next movie on the list? I know Please, suddenly. I'm. I'm concerned. I think it. Well, it would have been one that you picked out. If it's too kinky, we can switch them around. Oh no, we're not doing. We're never. We're never switching them. Okay. The next one is Super Mario Brothers. So Starring I Bob mean, Hoskins hopefully that won't be overly sexual. Um. From what I remember of it, there's a little, a little bit. There is a character in that movie called Big Bertha who likes Mario. So just normal sex for children. Normal sex for children, not uh, not, not weird fetish, fetishistic yeah. like extravagant golden armor, horns all over the place, dominatrix in a metal, yeah, bustier, yeah. Let's try to think of some highlights in this movie to talk about because Christ, we need to talk about something That's other than sex. That's hard because it was all a highlight and it was none of it was a highlight because it was this the same narrative intensity was sustained. Yeah, I feel like if I had fallen asleep and woken up at like intermittent points whilst watching this movie, I would not have lost anything. Yeah, I was saying as we were watching, I don't have a sense of how close we are to the ending. I don't have a sense of where we are in the plot. <laughs> I, there was a, there was one point. I think uh, I think you got up to get a drink, and it, we were half an hour away from away from the ending. And when I pressed pause, it said thirty one minutes remaining, and you very loudly went, "What?" <laughs> oh, that's how I felt watching Solaris. I don't know if you've ever seen Solaris. I've not seen Solaris. It's a, a very old, well, not very old. It's an old Russian movie that just goes on and on and on. I had to watch it for one of my film classes. And I remember during the last 10 minutes, I just screamed at the screen, be over. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, it eventually ended, yes. Okay, cool. 10 minutes later. That works with any movie, I hear. My mind is drawn to the scene of Courtney Cox meeting her very clearly dead mother in the yes. alleyway. Oh, Where you know it's rough. a bait and switch. Like, that it's so... Rough. Like, the audience is so far ahead. The minute Courtney Cox looks out the window and sees her dead mother who is dead, the audience already knows, okay, that's an illusion. But she still goes out. And she has a conversation. And She's not very bright, this girl. Yeah. But the, none of them are. It's dumb. And also, Skeletor, the whole, the whole point of Skeletor sending his stupid minions into our world, which is where He-Man ends up, spoiler alert, is to get this, like, trans-dimensional key... The reason he can do that is he already has a key of his own. Like, the MacGuffin in this movie is a duplicate. They have it from the beginning. Yeah. There's like, no reason to leave the comfort of your throne. Yeah. And, like, uh, Skeletal has this line near the beginning that, that stayed with me inexplicably, which was, if I don't, something to the effect of, if I don't have everything, I have nothing. And it's like, that's really very much not how this works. <laughs> I don't need to own every... I own every Doctor Who serial on DVD. I don't need to own every copy of them on the planet. <laughs> I don't need that. I've only got so much shelf space. Skeletor, cut your losses. You've already got a key. You're using it to get... Like, his endless pursuit of this other key caused him to lose. Like, he had, he was winning. He already, like... He had kidnapped um, the, the sorceress. And she was basically trapped in a, a, a force field bondage situation. He had already, like... 
taken over like he 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 was the the new ruler of Eternia. He was done. Like he was good. It's his own hubris and need to own another one of the thing he already had that stopped him for and ultimately led to his downfall. Do you think maybe that's the takeaway from this movie? Do you think the filmmakers were trying to do that or did they I stumble don't, upon I don't know. this this moral? I feel like what the filmmakers were trying to do was make a make lot money. of money yeah. from people who are, oh, He-Man movie, brilliant. And then they, yeah. I had this, like, we owned this on VHS. So you were one of the suckers. We didn't tape this off of the television. We owned this. You went to a store and exchanged currency. I mean, I didn't, because I, I mean, this would have come out on VHS in probably 88 or 89, so I would have been... One of your parents went to the store yes. and exchanged their yeah. GBP Yes, Great for... British Pounds. <laughs> for a PAL VHS cassette tape. <laughs> Of Dolph Lundgren in Masters of the Universe. If there's any justice in the world, they are now dead. So, you know, the balance has been restored in that regard. That's a comfort. Uh, it is. It, you know what? Sometimes it does help me sleep a little better. Well, well I, now I'm thinking, who has to die for the $2 that you paid to rent this? <laughs> I don't feel like either of us are going to die. I think one of us could potentially lose a whole limb or part of a limb. Which, are you left-handed or right-handed? I don't know. Oh, no. Why does that have to be me? Why does it have to be me? I'm not I don't saying... know if I want to give you this information. I d- I'm not saying I'm going to take your hands. could be any other limb. And it's also not going to be me doing the taking. Like, in order for the balance to be restored, okay. there has to be I a I think a maybe loss. the psychological wounds that we incurred while watching this have is been... payment enough. Watching... I do feel like something has been taken from me. I this Watching this movie was like being in the sunken place because... Especially because we had to watch it for the podcast for you wonderful listener. We had we couldn't stop. We couldn't stop if it, it. If it was just us, we, we would, would have stopped it probably fifteen minutes. I, w- in I was going to say max. twenty, but I think that yours is probably a more <laughs> more uh, realistic assessment. We would have turned it off and we would have watched literally anything else. This would have been great. We should have. This is what I should have made you watch when we started watching Doctor Who. Because by comparison, there's no way you could go from Masters of the Universe to Doctor Who and, and have a negative reaction to Doctor Who. I don't dislike Doctor Who. You know, I, don't, I don't have any emotional reaction to Doctor Who. I'm just upset. Can you I, say that very clearly into the microphone, please? I, I don't dislike <laughs> Doctor Who. This is my new ringtone for you. Whatever you call it, just going to be you saying, I don't dislike Doctor Who. We'll have a photo of you with a speech. I bubble. think I just, I can't metabolize Doctor Who. <laughs> you're, you're Doctor Who I intolerant. think I'm just, I'm not calibrated. You're ho- you, you have a Hooten intolerance. Yes. <laughs> I think in the same way that I don't understand Time Bandits, oh, I can watch it and be like, things are happening. British things are happening. <laughs> I, I watch I watch an episode of Doctor Who and I'm like events occurred. There's a beginning and middle. There's and an a end. beginning and middle and an end. Not necessarily in that order. And now I have I have witnessed this. So what we're saying is that the experience of watching Masters of the Universe is like you watching Doctor Who in that you are more or less. Ob- it's like drinking salt water where it just goes right through you. You don't get any nutritional value <laughs> out of it. It just if it's the same salinity as your blood, your body's like, eh, send it on through. Just yeah, just bring it on in. You went trainers, brilliant. Come on in. I feel 
Courtney Cox was in this. Yes. And there is a point near the beginning of the movie in her first scene where she talks to a character named, named Monica, Monica, which was delightful and magical. Robert Duncan McNeil, who played Tom Paris, mm-hmm. was in this. I've just been calling him Tom. Tom Paris. Yeah, we've been calling him Tom Paris from Voyager for the most for the for the duration. I just I have just been calling him With Tom. His... I don't call him Tom Paris from Voyager. I call him Tom Paris from it's Voyager. Like Deborah from Accounts Receivable. Deborah from Accounts Receivable and Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. I he, his hair he has a lot. Of hair in this. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of nice. You liked it? Well, I think I, if I recalibrated my fashion sensibilities for 80s, I thought for 80s it was very nice. If I were an 80s person, I would be into it. I've just realized that Teela's outfit looked like a one-piece 80s gym spandex. Yes, it. she's definitely wearing sort of a like a light gray cat suit yeah. with this leather bondage harness over it and like a thong on the outside. Yeah. It put me... It was distracting. It put me in mind of Joan of Arc's outfit in yes. Bill and Ted's Excellent yes. Adventure, but without the that. kind of loose like sweater mm-hmm. shirt on top. Yeah, and more more thong action. Yeah, and, and more guns. Yes. Firearms. This is the thing. Okay, so this is the thing that baffled Molly was the presence of uh, firearms, firearms in what is ostensibly a fantasy. Yeah, maybe it's because I don't know anything about Masters of the Universe or He-Man, but I was very surprised that they had all of this fancy technology. Yeah, that definitely caught me by surprise as well. It's been a very, very long time since I've attempted to digest anything that is He-Man adjacent but I was surprised by the amount of, like, Star Wars-esque mm-hmm. science fantasy going on. A lot of Skeletor's soldiers are very... They're like black stormtroopers. Yeah. There's a lot of machinery and electronics and technology. Flashing lights. Flashing lights, yes. I, I'd forgotten all of this. I used to watch He-Man voraciously as a kid. I love the cartoon. I love this movie. And I was really thrown off guard by how much this movie was kind of desperately, cloyingly attempting to grasp at the flavor of the original Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Like, it was so utterly transparent, even in terms of the music score, which mm. we both commented on. I think they recorded maybe four minutes of music for this movie. And for they this just movie. played the same cues over and over. We got a lot of looping music cues that didn't fit. I, I half of me wondered while we were watching the movie if it was like if it was library music, and I think you even said out loud that did this film have a composer? Yeah, the the musical cues never seemed to line up with the action that was happening on screen, mm. so it was a little disorienting. But also, that was another thing that kind of got me lost in time space. Where how far am I into this movie? How much longer do I have left? Because there's not a sense of yeah. building towards anything. Watching this movie, you feel unstuck from time. You feel. Uh, you feel ageless. You're you're <laughs> floating in a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, it's like visiting the uh, wormhole aliens in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. It's just you. There's this. There's no concept of the passage of time. There's no. There's nothing with which to orient yourself. Yeah, it's like floating in like zero gravity, timeless void. It's a nightmare. It's a ghoulish nightmare. Yeah. Of half-hearted plate armor made of plastic and oiled nipples. He was such a greasy boy. He was the greasiest. He was the greasiest of all men. Oh. And Corny Cox put his head, put her head right... On his greasy peck. On his a greasy peck, I think was the name of his, his hair peck. specialist. Yes. Greasy peck loved him <laughs> to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. 
Oh my god. There's so much of Dolph Rundgren in this There's movie. a lot of his body. There's a lot of... You see every part of his of his physical form. All of him except for the Dingle Dongle, I think. But you see all... the outline of it you definitely, very clearly. You definitely see some of uh, Lundgren's Dolph in this movie. Um, <laughs> you get you get a very hard impression, if you oh pardon the, the unintentional pun, the single entendre, if you will. Yes. This film frustrates me because I, I feel like we've just started recording i feel like it's two hours ago <laughs> i feel very strongly that we Do you feel like in the same way that in the viewing of this movie we were a part of from space and time in the recording this podcast we are also in that same floating space i do kind where, of feel that way because i feel like we've time spent is meaningless the last 30 minutes just desperately clawing for something to say <laughs> about the 1987 science fiction fantasy drama Masters of it's the Universe. It's like someone took a Thanksgiving dinner and put it in a blender. Okay, I'm gonna need. Were there? <laughs> I'm gonna need clarification and explanation. Were there? There, there are. There may have once been individual parts to it, but it's all just one cacophonous sensory assault. It's like when you take all of the Play-Doh and smush it together yeah. into one. And you, and you think you're going to have every color, but you actually have no color. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an indescribable non-color yes. with left sadness. <laughs> I mean, there there weren't there wasn't even like a main character, was there? There wasn't. And this is the thing that you pointed out. Like, I, we between us, I think we counted He-Man saying a grand total of thirty-six words in this movie. Yeah, he, he had, says the least, I think, of any of the characters. He has almost no dialogue, as far as I'm concerned. The masters of the universe, the titular masters of the actual universe in this movie, are Courtney Cox and Robert and, Duncan McNeil and, and Tom and Coach Ford. Strickland. <laughs> and Coach Strickland. Yes, what's he doing in this movie? I don't know. As I a, think he's just he just was typecast as a angry an, 80s bald man who doesn't like teenagers. He's an angry no-nonsense cop who uh, simultaneously plays by the book and by his own rules and at the end just goes to live in Eternia and has a woman now. Yeah. With bad 80s hair. Oh. That's what when you go to Eternia they just shoot him out of t-shirt just... guns. Like <laughs> just a one for everyone. Just oh welcome to Eternia. Boom. A woman in every pot, or whatever the expression is. (laughs) A car in every garage, and two women for you. Here you go. Okay. Okay. It's catchy, catchy. It's good. You know, I, I really thought it through. What you didn't hear, listener, was the two and a half minutes of solid silence while I tried to cue up the next words on my mental iPod shuffle. I don't know that we formalized a rate. This is going to be a short episode because uh, we've been recording for 41 minutes and I'm absolutely editing this down oh, to no. 12. There's nothing to say about this movie other than I pl- paid other one... Other than it maybe avoid it. I paid $1.99 American to rent this movie on Google Play Movies and I feel like I was robbed. I feel like, like they should have paid you $2 they, to watch this I'm going to send an email to Google support and just I'm just going to be like, guys... Come on. Google have got the money. They can give me that back. They don't need it. <laughs> Let me rent something good. Let me Give me a palate cleanser. Like Flight of the Navigator. Like Flight of the Navigator. Yes. God. Oh. I'm sorry. I am personally responsible. What is, the, what is your next movie choice? That's the next question. What is the next? Your next one was Pokemon the first movie. Yeah. Um, and then we have the first in our ongoing series of... Uh, do we want to spoil that now or do we want to wait? Let's save it. Okay. We have something special planned. For, for, for episode five. It's going to be a fun Something one. I've been waiting for. Uh, for a very long time. I'm absolutely going to cut this next bit out, but the Emoji movie is only... We're getting ever closer to the Emoji no, movie. No, 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 no. 
we we've buttered our bread and we have to sleep in it. That's the that's the that's do, the emoji police. Yes, I would do anything for love, but <laughs> but you won't watch the. Emoji. I will not watch the emoji movie. That's a kink too far. So, did we come up with a rating system for this show yet? Um, I honestly can't recall what we did last time. I think it was a. Um, it was I, like a three part, like a yes, eh, no. Uh, I think the rating system I'm going to use for this movie is don't. Yeah, an, an emphatic no. <laughs> no thank you dot JPEG to Masters of the Universe. Please and thank you. I'm sure someone out there will get ASMR tingles for watching it. The ASMR tingles? Yeah, just because it's like a sustained, it's kind of like a white noise sort of yeah, roar I, I, of a movie. I, kind of, I understand that to an extent. It's it's a movie... That someone wrote and then someone else filmed. Yeah, and... like this is definitely a movie by committee don't watch it if you have other shit you could be doing Mm. if you want something to just have on in the background that you don't really want to pay attention to still not this actually because it's (laughs) well you could you could pop in and out and you won't have missed anything really i mean there is that you could take these scenes you could shuffle and put them in any order you want and it would make just about as much sense as the theatrical cut it would gain I think some some forward momentum. Yeah, I think maybe if we led with the kinky stuff, open with Skeletor whipping yeah. He Man. Yeah, and then the next thing is Evil Lynn putting collars on young boys. He's a senior in high school. He's probably of age. I mean, he was at the time. I they've, so got, cool. they've got to have been in their early twenties when they made this movie, right? 87? I imagine so. Yeah, because how old was uh, uh, I wanted to say Sarah Michelle Gellar? That's a whole <laughs> entirely different person. How old was Courtney Cox when she did Friends? I don't know, but I can look it up on my magical device. I cannot remember when Friends started. I want to say nineteen four. Four really? Friends feels like it never started. Nineteen ninety four. It just always was. How old was she when it started? Uh, boop, boop, about 30. Okay, so she was 30. This would have filmed in probably 85 or 86. So she was about 22 or 23 years old when yeah. she made this movie. Don't. Don't watch it. Don't do that to yourself. Bury yourself. Do do something better. You do, you deserve... Hey, hey, you deserve nice things, okay? You deserve to feel good about yourself. And this movie's not going to help you accomplish that. I realize I'm looking very emphatically at the microphone as I say this. I'm just... I just really want to get that point across do we have anything else to add i don't think we can i think we've exhausted this we've wrung out (laughs) this dry washcloth this there's no more fluid in this washcloth. Uh, Uh, maybe not introduce fluid metaphors to this already very kinky in fairness he-man started it that's true do you think maybe his pores just secrete grease like that it's a good lubricant during fight sequences because anyone Cause no tries one can to grab get a grip him, on him, yeah, they just slip out of the out of the. So really, it's an evolutionary adaptation. Yeah. that he has. Yeah. No, I was going to start talking about the movie, and I immediately thought, Ben, you need to stop. Aww. There isn't really any. No, because he says I have the power twice, both within five minutes of each other. That's mm-hmm. the only movie thing we never get to see him as Prince Adam. He never performs what's going on. There's no. I don't know that this like visually nothing. Feels like He-Man here. See, I wouldn't know one way or the other. You're the authority on but, how true this is to the source material. But my own grasp of what He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is, is so nebulous that I don't think I could po- I could properly like put a tack in it to pin it down into one place. Like a butterfly. Yeah, like in my head, He-Man was always Conan the Barbarian for kids. And then now there's fucking spacemen in it and guns. 
and some very frightening monsters. Yeah. Some very distressing scenes of Courtney Cox being chased by monsters. Just distressing so scenes anxiety of inducing. Yeah, she does kind of have her own like personal universal horror nights monster scare yeah. situation going on. She definitely got the Six Flags Magic Mountain Fright Fest Snickers scare experience. She got a personal pen pizza of pain. Yeah, but her reward was that she brought her parents back from the dead. She did bring her parents back from the dead. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wait a minute, hang on, what the fuck is happening in this movie? We cannot tell you. We are not equipped. We just watched it, and we are just as clueless as you. Don't. Stay away. I think we are required by law to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening to us lament out loud don't forget to do the stuff that people do i'm really bad at the waffle of the podcast this week thank you for listening um we obviously have a feed please subscribe to this if you are listening to it independently of itself we are on twitter on tumblr on the facebooks just search for the life toyetic if you want to follow me on twitter i'm ben padden on twitter tumblr you can search me on facebook i have a page there that you can like and please also watch port center which is a show i do about old video games molly what about your social medias (laughs) I mean, they're very easy to find. It's just Molly Alice Hoy on all of them. All of them. Any kind of social media. So- social media. So- so- socio. <laughs> social media. So- socioeconomic media. <laughs> um, yeah, just just look me up. I am there trying to entertain you and win your approval. And again, a huge thank you to Brian Melbourne for our theme music, which is delightful and we love it. Thank you very much for that, Brian. One of these days we will get around to thanking you as we're recording the episode instead of me having to edit in post. Thank you very much for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. Are we doing that? (laughs) We can. Okay, I've been Ben. I've been, and still am, Molly. You're going to continue being Molly after we finish recording? Yes, I mean, I certainly hope so. After what I've just experienced, I do feel like I've lost a part of myself. (laughs) I'm just gone. (laughs) Next week I'm going to have a completely different name, persona, voice, the whole shebang. Accent! Maybe. You have to do your American accent. Not on this All podcast. Next oh, next time. Oh, that's terrifying. Yes. Okay, but you have yes, to do yes, a British yes. one then. Okay, let's do it. Let's we'll do an do accent that. swap. Okay, uh, an indeterminate future yes. episode. Maybe April Fool's Day will swap accents. Cool. All right, thanks for listening. We're going to go away and uh, and have a... A good cry. A good cry, and I think we're going to have one of those cleansing juices that you can get at supermarkets that don't actually do anything to get the He-Man out of our system. <laughs> He's so oily! <laughs> Bye, internet. Bye. Love you. I don't.